Nobody had a bad word to say about Canyon, said uh, Chris Jericho in the uh, Dark Side of the Ring programme about him. Well, um, it, it wouldn't be a Dark Side of the Ring programme if some people didn't have something bad to say about him. It's a deeply sad story of a wrestler who was gay um, and who wanted to be uh, not just a wrestler, but wanted to be a wrestling personality too. And I've read Canyon's autobiography, um, and which was released uh, posthumously, uh, Wrestling Reality. And it, it's a real mix-up, you know. The, the, what the uh, you know, it's, it's a real mix-up of um, terribly difficult things to carry. Um, wrapped up in that is the feeling that Chris was bipolar and got. Um, and got treatment for that um, later on in his career. And also, what's also so sad is that he was a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. You know, personality-wise, wrestling entertainment personality-wise, it didn't work out for him, but he was a great wrestler. You know, he was the one who came up with the... With the um, the three cages idea for WCW. Now a lot of people won't like that because of the way WCW did it, but the idea is great. You know, he was the person who was um, leading the wrestling training for Ready to Rumble. You know, and and actually in his book there is some stuff around him hoping he could get some kind of career in Hollywood. Um, There's quite a lot of the book that makes it. it Quite a lot of uh, of the book certainly made me think when I read it, it doesn't work that way. But there's a real hope here. You know, this was a guy who loved wrestling early on. And as he said in the Young Boxer interview, because they, are, they were friends of his um, and because they loved him so much and loved his work so much, he said, you know, the, um, the journey is so much better than the destination. And... You know, um, they say, well, I didn't know that at the time. It's Matt who says, I didn't know that at the time, but I didn't understand it. But now I've reached my destination, which is, of course, AEW for him. I understand exactly what he means. You know, you strive to get somewhere and it's not what you think it is. And that is the case. You know, I feel the same way, you know. So it's a really interesting episode, this. You have some talking heads here. James Mitchell, of course, is a big talking head, you know, or um, Donald Van Horn or the Sinister Minister, because uh, they were good mates, and he features strongly in wrestling reality. You know, and you do see it from Canyon's side about the way that he felt he perhaps... Um, that the behaviours, as uh, for both of them as friends, wasn't always ideal. So there is another side to this, but quite a lot of this, I feel that um, James Mitchell, whatever you want to call him, let's call him James Mitchell, is playing this and enjoying having a kind of um, forum. Later on, it, it is the more interesting stuff when he becomes sad and when he be, when he when reality sort of hits him really. Um, He's, he's playing that quite a lot, I think. Maybe he isn't, but he just seems to be. He seems to be playing it as a kind of shoot promo, you know. Um, it's, it's a really sad piece, this. 
We've got DDP here. You know, his face is very tight, DDP. It's very, it's very taut. Uh, talking about, you know, um, that's an exec with the AEW, is with WWE, who grew up with him. We'll talk more about the WWE in a little while. He was trained by Moolah. They don't, there's quite a lot in the book about Moolah and the training school and all of that and the way he felt about that. Please do read the book. I won't say any more about that. They don't really cover that in Dark Side of the Ring. Um, and we've got Jericho interviewed as well as doing the voiceover, which is good because he was there in the WW, in the WCW. Of course, he, you know, he made it to WCW, played Mortis, you know. Um, James Mitchell was his manager, Daryl Van Horn. He says early on, you know, I was the only one that he told he was gay and I felt I had to kind of cover for him. And um, clearly, Chris Canyon didn't want anyone to, to, to know he was gay because as they point out in the programme, you know, at that time, to be gay, you you know, if you were playing a gay character or were, or, or were thought of as gay, um, generally, they show Adrian Adonis, generally you'd be dressed in pink and do all that and you'd, you'd be a figure of fun. Um, and at the time, that's what was happening. Now it's different, you know, and in a way, with Canyon coming out um, late into his career, he did sort of open the door. Um, yeah, I won't say the closet door. Well, I just did, but you know, um, there is something about that in a minute, which I'll talk about in a minute. It's a, it's a WWE situation, but he did actually open things up for people to say, well, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm gay and and, and I'm trans, I'm trans. This is a point that DDP makes, and a point that Brian Cage, who's a mate of his, makes. And um, when he finally did come out to people, to to his friends, I said, okay. And he said, "You don't hate me? No. Why, why would I? Why would I hate you? You know, what's that's Brian Casey. You know, at first I was a bit concerned. And I thought that doesn't change anything, does it? No, absolutely. He's a very open wrestler, you know. But this is this wouldn't be, as I say, on Dark Side of the Ring if it wasn't a troubled story. You know, there's quite a lot of um, physical violence with him and uh, James Mitchell. That's in the book as well." James Mitchell, you know, alleges that he physically assaulted, uh, that Canyon physically assaulted him. It was it, it, there were lots of mood swings, which would which would follow with, with bipolar. Though doesn't the, the violence, the physicality doesn't always follow. Of course, it doesn't. That's when that's not to say that's what happens with bipolar. That, that's not generally always or generally what happens. But with this situation, um, the, the mood swings came with violence, and James Mitchell at one point. As he, he, he pulled a gun on him and he said, you know, w- would you have sh- shot him? Well, yes, I looked at the kind of legislation and statutes and I would have shot him. It sounds like a bit of a promo, a bit of a shoot, to be honest. But clearly, physical shenanigans, you know, went, went with all this. As James Mitchell said, you know, he was his own worst enemy. Uh, he was always worried about losing his spot. Um, played Mortis for a while and then, as I say, then the NWO arrived. And that sort of made things different. Um, Mitchell alleged he went through it uh, physically when that happened. Um, and then you've got Canyon coming back as himself. Who better than Canyon? Who's better than Canyon? No one. You know, it's it's a great, great line. And I loved it when I saw it at the time, you know. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, he was a great, innovative wrestler. That's the thing I remember. A great, innovative wrestler. Great moves. And it was a time, you know, when there were really innovative moves. 
you know, smaller guys were getting were, were, were doing great moves. There were some moves that you hadn't seen before that had been had been invented at that time. And talking about the late nineties here, uh, it was a great time to be, to be watching wrestling. To be honest, you know, he eventually got hurt, took time to rehab, um, and there is quite a, a difficult to watch uh, bit about him um, arriving in the WWE. Uh, the Undertaker apparently was very high on him, really liked him, and wanted to get him in there. And it is a it is a segment with the WWE and, and, and with, with The Undertaker and with Paul Heyman. He comes out of a large box, which looks like a closet, singing, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, a la Boy George. So, you know, it's not ideal, this. And The Undertaker proceeds to beat him up quite brutally. So that's how his career in WWE starts, really, um, with getting beaten up. And that doesn't necessarily... Um, mean that he's going to be there for a while and uh, he wasn't he went indie then you know and 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 tried to get onto sort of the reality situation people say he was a nice guy you know um he's on the howard stern show and he's something else that happened in that he was um john cena was on the same show and he was sort of um talking about the about the wwe and about sexuality sexuality and other wrestling promotions and rick flair phoned up to say that you know um, it's such a shame that he got into an argument with Ric Flair, was his idol, you know. It was someone he really idolised as a wrestler. Um, it's a terrible thing to watch, to be honest. I remember, I remember um, experiencing it at the time, and I'd forgotten about it. And hearing it again, it's not. It's not easy to watch, to be honest. And I think that um, Flair. You know, makes an interesting point about him saying that he, he shouldn't be talking about his, his sexuality in that way, and you know he's blaming it. He's blaming his uh, wrestling career on um, his own personal things, and that he couldn't go back to the WWE. He's not good enough to go back to the WWE. That's a real oh, it's a real shocker, you know. But he made really good friends on the uh, indie circuit, particularly with Brian Cage's promotion. Put Brian Cage over. And um, he went over on him, you know, which is great. Um, and a lot of people have got a lot of good stuff to say about him. Mitchell says at the end, I owed everything to the guy. And it's a really sad story, which should be seen in uh, collaboration with reading the book. Um, it's not just the sexuality thing, it's, it's the ambition and the unfortunate nature of injuries and that sort of thing and the bipolar with that and oh it's just so sad but then if it wasn't sad and if it wasn't poignant it wouldn't be on dark side of the ring now would it who better than canyon not many actually ta-ta